I'd like to welcome our guests, Natalie McAndrew and Ellie Engelbrecht. Thank you for being on the podcast with us. Um, Natalie, I'll start with you. How did how did you uh, come to know about Kathy's house? Tell us a little bit about what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So actually, I have worked at Freightert for a long time. I started at Freightert in 2007, uh, started as an ICU nurse, and then moved into my position there uh, as a clinical nurse specialist. That's when I first actually learned of Kathy's house. So I would work with families in the intensive care unit who you know, needed a place to stay and actually ended up calling Kathy's house and just you know, heard from families, what a tremendous resource and help that Kathy's house was for them. And then more recently, now that I'm in uh, more of a research role, uh, learned about Kathy's house in terms of the working with the BMT population and, you know, knowing that many of those caregivers actually stay at Kathy's house that really unfolded, um, you know, sharing more about the research there and then, you know, learning more about how Kathy's house is supporting caregivers in that way. So that's my background. And and for those who aren't familiar, BMT stands for bone marrow transplant? Correct. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. And Ellie, uh, welcome. What about you? My husband is a cancer patient uh, at Freighters, so we've driven past it multiple times. And in the course of, of going to appointments and having him be in the hospital, you know, I heard about the services that Kathy's House offers to those who um, have to travel a long way, whose homes aren't close enough um, to Freighter to be able to, you know, run back and forth every day. Um, visiting it the other week in preparation for beginning this, it's an amazing, amazing place. It's so beautiful and bright. And I think it would be a, a very peaceful place to to spend time while your significant other, spouse, whatever, um, is at the hospital. So the two of you connected and are starting up a bone marrow transplant BMT caregiver support group. How did that come to be? Well, Ellie gets all the credit there. No, I'm no. <laughs> Absolutely. Ellie identified this this need and certainly um I was not fully aware of, you know, what was available and what wasn't in terms of support groups. Ellie, you know, posed the question, you know, what's available for caregivers and we really, I think because of COVID, I think a lot of support groups that were meeting sort of maybe lost momentum. You know, we learned about the the fact that we are partnering now with Healing Hearts, which is an amazing organization to be able to really increase, you know, the reach of some of these support groups. And so, Ellie, I'll, I'll let you kind of speak to, you know, why you felt that a BMT caregiver support group would be helpful. Well, when my husband was first diagnosed with cancer, all of the focus is on, oh my gosh, he's got cancer and, and all of these appointments and, and what do we do? And, and uh, for him, he, he had broken his arm and that's how we found out because he had a huge tumor and that led them to doing tests. Um, you know, so he was in the hospital for that. And then he was in the hospital because he had broken his leg a couple of years ago, but they wanted to strengthen that. Um, rod that was in there they felt that he was at a place in his 
cancer journey where he could easily break that. So another trip to the hospital. So in the beginning, there's so much to do and so much to focus on. And you have so many appointments that you don't really, you don't think about yourself. You don't, and, and people are naturally supportive at that point because he's just been newly diagnosed and, you know, where is this treatment going and how, how is he doing? And then you get to remission and people think remission is wonderful and that you go back to your normal life. And in a lot of cancers, you do not in this one. Remission can stink because you're still taking medication. You're still on chemo. And all of the wonderful things you thought were going to happen aren't happening because there are so many side effects. And at that point, when things slowed down and the number of appointments we had to go to became fewer, I realized that I wasn't handling this so well. I was anxious. I was angry. I was scared. And I knew that I, I couldn't do it by myself. I needed some kind of support, some kind of something. And that's when I reached out to Natalie, having worked with her previously to say, what's out there? Now, and then now back to Kathy's house, how many caregivers are there whose uh, partner, wife, brother, mother are going through BMT um, bone marrow transplants at this point? Yeah, that's a really good question. I don't think I can give a, a definitive number because I think it ebbs and flows, but for um transplants, especially people that are having an, an allogeneic transplant, they have to be um, within a certain perimeter of the hospital. So they often will stay at Kathy's house so they can be close to the hospital going back and forth for appointments and things like that. Because um, if you don't live within 30 minutes of, I think that's what they told, yeah, 30 minutes uh, of the hospital, uh, maybe, or maybe 40. 45. 45. Okay. I think uh, it was 45. 45. Then you do need to have some closer accommodations. And I think mm -hmm. that Kathy's house, um, you know, is a great, is a great option for many people because that's like financially, that's a lot to, to take on, to have to have lodging for so many days and so forth. So um, I think again, it, it probably ebbs and flows, but to give perspective, I mean, I think Freighter is doing 300 plus transplants a year. Um, and certainly I'm sure that a, a good percentage of folks are not that close to freighter. So I think there's a, I think there's a lot of them, I guess, for a, a really sure. not exact answer. Sure. So, uh, Allie, you had some, some experiences that you were feeling. So what's the goal of the support group? What do you hope that people get out of it? I think the goal is to have a safe and welcoming space where caretakers can receive the support they're looking for, um, where they can rec receive education, um, where they know they're not alone. Uh, one of the things that bothered me when, as I said, when things slowed down and, and yes, he's in remission, but remission is, is not all that great, was, well, what's wrong with you? The man's in remission. Why can't you be joyful and happy? And I thought it was just me. 
So I, I want people to know it's not just you, that, that remission has its own unique set of, of circumstances sometimes, that it's okay to pick up the phone and call another caretaker and say, you know, I'm really angry because I thought we were in a good spot. I thought we had some, I thought we were around the corner now, but you know, for the last three days, he's been tired and, and you know, weak and, it's it's kind of a roller coaster for the remission for BMT. Maybe you can explain that a little bit about you're in remission, but it's because he's still in treatment. You're in remission. He just we we just saw his doctor yesterday, and he has no signs of cancer, but he's taking chemotherapy drugs, so he's still dealing with the side effects of the chemotherapy drugs. He he has neuropathy in his feet, um, which you know has his own set of problems. Um, so it's, it's that kind of thing. It's, you know, when you have other types of cancer, some other types of cancer and you're in remission or you're cured, then lots of times you're going on with, with how your life was before. Um, not so much in this case because of those side effects. So you mentioned that you hope one of the goals is that people won't feel so alone. Is there a like healthy way to deal with cancer emotionally. I mean, at on its very best day, it's very difficult to navigate your feelings, uh, your fears, your partner's feelings and fears. Um, I'm a little bit of a control freak, so you know I'm managing <laughs> theirs. But is there a healthy way? The number one thing is self-care. And sometimes that can get pushed to the side because it's a bad day. So you need to, oh, I had these plans, but I can't because I need to pick up these other duties at home. Now I need to to do these things. Um, or it's a bad day and um, you're, you're frightened. You're thinking, you know, what does this mean? Does this mean that it's bad? Um, so it's hard to put yourself first when you're the caretaker. It's hard to um, to just say, well, I have this planned and I'm going to do it because um, you feel kind of selfish. But the more often you do that, the less you're taking care of yourself. And the less you're taking care of yourself, the less you're able to cope. Yeah. Yeah, it's a funny thing. It's, or maybe it's not so funny, but it's <laughs> so true. Mm -hmm. um, are there certain, tips that you have found are helpful in your journey that you hope to um, impart on these individuals who are part of the support group? Some things that helped me, and, and it could be unique to people who are retired because you kind of are without a purpose sometimes. And I had retired right before COVID hit. Um, I, I, I felt like I had no purpose. I felt like, what am I doing? Where is my life? Um, and, and that is how Kathy and I got together because I had worked with her and her research group on how meaning and purpose help your, your role as a caretaker. But I needed to get that back into my life again. Um, getting this group together, I think, has done a lot myself because 
it's showing me that I can take the difficulties I've experienced and maybe use it to help other people. So I think you need to find that that niche, that place, that that purpose. It's it's easy to get derailed from your yes. meaning and purpose when you're caring for someone. Um, and it's I I've heard other caregivers say this: you got to take care of yourself, you got to fill your cup. You're no good to anyone else unless you're good to yourself, which intellectually I understand. But day to day, um, how do you get yourself up out of bed or out of the house when this emotional wet blanket is sitting over your entire body and weighting you down? Um, I think it's, some of it's willpower. Um, some of it's knowing your triggers. I like to read, but I have found the difference between, oh, I'm really enjoying this book and, oh, I'm escaping into this book. Um, so then I put the book down and I say, you've read enough right now. You need to do something else. You know, so sometimes it's just, it's having that voice telling you, hey, you need to do something and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't how do you not get mad at yourself when it doesn't work some days you know some days you go you just you you give in to that oh just just the the power of of the sadness or um, all of the different things going on and then the next day how do you tell yourself, uh, I, I can do better. I'll do better. I, I heard uh, a friend of mine told me that she had talked to her pastor about emotions and, and things like that. And, and he said, it's necessary to feel the emotions. You just have to avoid letting the emotions drive the bus. Mm. And I think it's okay if you're struggling on a day to just say, you know what? I'm just going to rest today. This is, I, I'm just, I'm not going to fight it today. I'm going to, I'm going to read my book or whatever it is that, that allows you to forget it or, or just to not fight it. And then the next day, okay, it's a new day. Here we go. It's a journey. It's a journey and you, you have to be kind to yourself. So how will this support group work? How often will it meet? Where will it meet? Um, because Kathy's house has a, uh, it's, you don't know when people are coming and going necessarily, or do you, how, how will you set this up? So people will know about it. Yeah, this is, these are really good questions, uh, great logistical questions. And I, and I love that you asked us what our, our goals were for the support group as well. Like we definitely, um, you know, learning about meaning and purpose and how important it is for caregivers. I think that's something, you know, Ellie and I are still working on, you know, developing what this support group will look like, what each session is going to look like. Um, that's certainly something that we want to put into the sessions, um, still, still to be determined. Um, but the other thing that I think we're going to learn about tonight, we have our training for the support group tonight is, you know, the importance of recognizing grief in terms of, you know, giving people the space to 
think about the fact that life has changed. I think like, like what you were saying, Ellie, that there's all this emphasis, like, well, it should be fine now. Get back to your, your day-to-day living, right? It should be all good to go. And um, I think that's something else that we want to include. So I just wanted to mention that as well, but from the standpoint of logistics, what we had talked about with, you know, Melissa, who is the director there is probably the benefit in doing this for, for Ellie and I doing this for the first time um, to do this as a workshop format, to do this in a more structured way. So we have made the decision to do eight sessions. We're hoping to run this twice a year for our first year of doing this. Um, And in terms of like having meetings, we decided to set those times up. So it'll be structured. People will register. um, And we would like to be able to allow people that were enrolled in a research study that I was conducting to maybe be the first to enroll. We're probably going to have to, we're going to have it as a hybrid where we have people attending in person as well as, as virtually because things come up, right. And, And caregivers may not be able to attend in person. Um, so that's kind of the plan. So we're, we were thinking about 24 people would probably be the, to keep everybody engaged. Um, and then in terms of the location, yes, Kathy's house will be able to accommodate us. We're so grateful for that. And given, you know, there are so many BMT caregivers at Kathy's house, it's like the perfect, it's the perfect place to do it. The other thing that Kathy's house is offering, which I think is going to be fantastic for those that do have to attend virtually is they have, it's called the owl. Um, and it's going to help, you know, follow the speaker so that those that are attending virtually will have a better sense of what's going on and feel more included. That's some definitely feedback that, you know, I have heard from caregivers that I think, I think you shared that with me, Ellie, about attending something virtually, you don't really feel like much part of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We want to try and do our best to to do better with that to the best of our technological capabilities, if you will. Well, I look forward to checking back in with you two to see how it's going. You've, you've mentioned a couple of times, um, meaning and purpose. Um, I kind of want to uh, finish up a little bit more um, with both of you kind of giving me your perspective on meaning and purpose as it relates to um, being a caregiver. I think that you have to understand that your life has meaning. It, you know, it's kind of like when you first have children and, you, and you're kind of overwhelmed and, and you feel, feel like, you know, you're just changing diapers and things like that. Um, you, you have to find a, a better, a fuller meaning, meaning to your whole life. Um, I think that the same for purpose. Um, I, I just think it allows you to have a, a better, a healthier attitude towards it if you can if you don't fall into the role of, well, there's nothing left and, um, you know, I'm just here taking care of of my significant other or mother or father or whatever it happens to be. You have to know that, that your life is fuller than that. And Natalie, what about you? Yeah, you phrased that very beautifully, Ellie. I think, you know, I have been very privileged to work with a team at Memorial Sloan Kettering. Um, Dr. Allison Applebaum is a, a caregiving expert, and she 
developed the intervention uh, that I was testing in in my in my pilot that I'm wrapping up actually right now. Um, but you know, meaning and purpose are so important. I think, you know, trying to recognize that despite all of the suffering that you may experience, you know, during a cancer diagnosis and treatment and and beyond into survivorship, um, you know, it's important that we can make sense of our experience and understand how we grow and how we change. And while there are a lot of challenging aspects of it, um, there's some really special things that happen too. I think that people going through that have some some really great awakenings um, when they're really able to process some of this, think deeply about it. Um, and it's hard because I think, Ellie, you really stated this well, just the interruptions, the changes to your life, your life won't be what it once was. But this intervention that Dr. Applebaum developed, it really gives caregivers a toolbox, a way to connect with different sources of meaning in their lives. Um, And that's, I think, something that we really do want to incorporate in this uh, support group so that people can lean into those ways to reaccess, reconnect with meaning and purpose um, to help them with the day-to-day getting through some of these difficult things. It sounds a lot like less reaction to a situation and more awareness of a situation. Not that the situation is always pleasant, but that there's an awareness so that you find your sense in that in that situation. Absolutely. I think you summarized that well. And I think the other thing, you know, Ellie, you emphasized self-care and what a, a challenge that is for caregivers. And uh, one of the ways that it's, you know, talked about in terms of, you know, the intervention script is that you think of your life as you're, you're chiseling a stone, right? You're trying to create the masterpiece that you want to create, but caregiving can interrupt that, right? You don't have time now to chisel the way that you want to chisel and really being able to lean into that meaning and purpose can really help with some of that, what we would call existential distress that you're feeling as a, as a caregiver. Um, So you're exactly right. It's like, it's, it's, it's being able to tap into a different way of looking at things and also recognizing, you know, the strengths and what you're bringing as a caregiver. I think that's another really important thing for caregivers to, to take away is, you know, what a great job they are doing. You know, I think people are often focusing on, well, I didn't do this and I didn't do that, but you did all of these things so well, right? Like you are incredible. You are a great support. You are a great advocate. Um, I think that's another thing that we want to really help caregivers with through through the support group. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, I hope we can check back in with you two to see okay. how it's going um, mm-hmm. down the road. I, I'd really like that. I think it's... Love it. I think that it's so important um, as as a caregiver myself, and um, I just feel like this. These are important words that can't be shared often enough. Pat yourself on the back, give yourself a little bit of a break. Mm-hmm. It is okay to go under your covers for a few mm-hmm. minutes, but 
you know, come back out, right. share right. your smile. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think too, you know, one other thing is to normalize the idea of leaning into getting a little help and support. You know, I think that's, that's really important too. And, Mm -hmm. and I love this idea of the support group because just being able to be with other people that have this shared experience will be really hopefully very powerful for people. I think so too. I hope so. Well, thank you both for being with me today. Um, Thank you, Jerry. I really do appreciate your time. Love the work that you're doing and look forward to checking back in to see how it's going. Thank you so much. Thank and you. we love the work that you're doing too. So keep these amazing podcasts going. This is great. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed Conversations with Kathy's House and would like to learn more, visit our website, kathyshouse.org. That's K-A-T-H-Y-S hyphen house.org. And you can subscribe to Conversations with Kathy's House wherever you listen to podcasts.